We find ourselves today a week after Easter. All the people who came out of the woodwork have gone back to the woodwork until Christmas. And we, the Christian community, will carry on. We're going to take a journey for the next few weeks. And we're going to look at the post-Easter community. We're going to be in the book of Acts. We don't preach a lot from the book of Acts, but we're going to spend several weeks in this book. So we start today in Acts 4, verses 32 through 35. Hear these words. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, From time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who was in need. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever-equipping God, as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. And may the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So having just journeyed through the Easter experience, faithful followers, let me ask you a question. What does the resurrection of Jesus offer you, provide for you, give you? What does the resurrection of Jesus give to you? What does it provide for you? Have you ever thought of that question? Oh, yeah, we know about Jesus' resurrection. I even accepted Jesus when I was 12 years old, right? Oh, yeah, the empty tomb. Yeah, I got it. We just celebrated that last week. What's this week? This is post-Easter. We're a post-Easter community. We know the end of the story. We've heard the testimony of others. But what does that provide for us? What does that give us? If our lives are the same post-Easter as they were pre-Easter, we need to reevaluate that question. What does the resurrection of Jesus provide for us, give to us, mean to us? Let's take a look at the community. Galilean transplants is who was gathered, right? Galilean, Matt Skinner says, Galilean transplants and Pentecost pilgrims. That's how he describes them. The people, it was a hodgepodge of the neediest and what had been the greediest. And they were gathered all together, and you know the one thing they had in common? They had experienced the resurrection of Jesus, and it made a difference in their lives. How many can say you live a different life because you experienced the resurrection of Jesus Christ in your life? That you live within the grace that's offered you because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in your life? 
Still going to the same job? Still doing the same thing? Still hoarding your money? Still keeping your select set of friends? Still driving the car that's up on the top list of best cars to drive? Is that what you're doing? And you've experienced the resurrection of Jesus and it hasn't changed you one bit? Oh, yeah, I'm a little nicer. I contribute to this charity and I contribute to that charity. And I like to help out at the church once in a while. And, you know, if they're doing some kind of special, I'll volunteer. Do you hear what happened in ancient times when Jesus rose from the grave? When it was made aware that Christ had risen, that the prophecy had been fulfilled, that everything that had been taught had come to fruition, that God had kept God's promise, that humanity had been in God's heart from the beginning and was in in God's heart to the day? They gathered as a community and they all gave what they had to give to the community. The Spirit enlivened the community so that they all were made equal. Think about that. There was no poverty. There was no superiority. There was no social class. In the ancient community post-resurrection, the community of Jesus Christ, the community of the disciples, the church, everybody was equal. Those who had gave to those who didn't. The marginalized were pulled to the center and the center were pushed out to reach to the marginalized. Look around. Is that what we look like? Is that what our communities today, if we looked at the Paris, Texas community, Paris, Texas, religious community, is that what we look like? We're divided. We're divided in so many different corners this morning. Everybody worships on their corner because you know why? That's what they like. Right? I mean, I'm guilty too. I'm standing in this church, not that church. What's the resurrection of Jesus afforded us? What's it given to us? The writer of Acts would tell you it's given you a sense of community. You belong. God's given you identity. Resurrection cares more for nothing else in the world. Resurrection places you as high as you can get in the world. If you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, and you've been given the grace of God through that salvation experience, and you've been resurrected, then you are a part of the community. Don't let anyone ever say different. You are a part of the beloved. You are a part of the community of God. It doesn't matter how much money you make or how much money you don't make. It doesn't matter where you live in the community. It doesn't matter what you drive, what job you do, who your social friends are. What matters is that you've experienced the resurrection of Jesus and you belong to the community. Belonging to the community is the greatest gift God gives us. Because we can say we are God's. And believe me, there are people on this earth who don't know that expression. There are people on this earth who don't know what it means to be rescued or or to have experienced a resurrection in their lives. Do you have a resurrection story? Does you have a community that supports you? That's what we do, right? We kind of all look the same. We kind of talk the same. Mine's a little more West Texas than it is East Texas, but y'all let me into the community. But we're a community, right? And we care for one another and and we take joys and concerns. We, We have elder flocks that take care of our community and and we care about even the marginalized. We try to pull in to the inside in our own way 
We say resurrection makes a difference because we care about our community. We care about our community. But we don't want to be limited in our understanding of what defines our community. You see, our community is open to anyone who's experienced the resurrection of Jesus. Anyone who believes in Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. And we're going to reach further than that, but we want to pull people in so that we can find our commonality in Christ. One of the reasons I'm in love with the Christian church, Disciples of Christ, is that one of our primary teachings is we have no creed but Christ. There's nothing wrong with the Apostle Creeds or any of the other creeds, but we have no creed but Christ in the Christian church, Disciples of Christ. And we say we agree to disagree. Did you know that? It's okay if you take one side of the text and I take the other side of the text, but our commonality is found because you and I, we've experienced the resurrection. We know what the resurrected Christ is and how it's affected our lives. And I pray that, that you are living from that resurrection. That's the question. Are you living from, do you accept the relationship that God has offered you, that God's formed you into this beautiful community and you're a part of the community and are you living from that resurrected life? Or have you kind of just gone back to settling in and saying, eh, been there, done that. Yeah, I know, I was raised that way. Mm. It's post-Easter. There's a reason that the, the pews aren't crowded. Lots of people don't want to live from the resurrected life because the resurrected life demands from you. It demands from you to see your brother and sister as equal. It demands from you to see the need in the community and meet the need. It demands from you to give selflessly. Whatever you have, make available to the community so that the community can be sustained Be 100% living from your community. Living within your community from your resurrection. How many of you walk about your life and talk about your resurrection? Can I ask that question again? How many of you walk around in your life and talk about your resurrection? Oh, well, my conversion was a private affair. It's no big deal. But I believe in Jesus. And as much as I want to stress the, the sense of this community, it, the biblical description of this community is so ideal, it's hard for me to picture. It's probably hard for all of us to picture because we don't know what that looks like. We're not raised in a world like that. We're raised in a world that says, get all you can get for you and enjoy it. He who has the most wins, right? Most toys, most money, most whatever. She who has the most wins. But Jesus says, in your resurrection, you were accepted into Christ's body. And in Christ's body, all people are equal. There are no parts that are any different. Though we may be different, we make up equal. And every part is important. And this community of Acts is so indicative of that. It's a model for us to be in our faith journey. And sometimes we get saying that that's too much. We we, we can't fathom that. Would you sell your house and give it to a faith community so that they could have? Entrusting that you would find a place to live? 
It's hard to think about these days, isn't it? It's what they did. If you had some land you owned, you know it was going to increase in value in three times in the next 10 years. Would you sell it and give it? Would you give all that you have so that God's resurrected community could sustain itself? That we could reach out to the person on the street who doesn't have anything and pull them into the inside of the community and let them have as much value and purpose as we do, as much privilege as we do? That's what happened in Acts. All of that went away. That privilege and that pious and all, all that went away. And they lived within the community, giving unto one another. So that the community, the resurrected Jesus would live on. That's a lesson for us, church. That we need to take the witness of the resurrection community. And we need to see what they did. And we need to open ourselves to the understanding of what the resurrected Christ means to us. And what God's asking us to do for the community. But right in the middle of that text, as much as it talks about the community and and how the community is shaped and how the community unbelievably formed, the ideal was created. God worked in a God's way as only God can and established this perfect little community. Perfectly growing community wasn't so little. Right in the middle, it says the key to the community. And it's a key we don't listen to. It's a key we don't want to accept. It's a key we don't want to pick up and stick in the lock and turn. Because we're too bashful. Right in the very middle of that text I read. The apostles continued to testify to the risen Christ. The apostles continued to tell the story of the resurrected Jesus in their daily lives. I'm listening. I listen every day. I have coffee with you. I eat lunch with you. I see you in the stores. I see you on the streets. And I'm listening. Don't you think everybody around you is listening? If you wear the label of Christian, isn't the world listening to see if there's a resurrection testimony in you? Do you claim to be a part of that community? Where's your testimony? Tell me. Tell me what the resurrected Jesus means to you. Tell me what the resurrection experience means for you. Oh, I don't have much of a testimony. Yeah, you do. Did you say yes? Did you say yes, Lord? I believe in you. I can promise you on that day the Holy Spirit overcame you and your life has been changed. You may have walked through tragedy, but God was with you in the tragedy and you've come on the other side of that. People need to hear that. Because if people hear that, they might identify with you. And if they identify with you, then you have an opportunity. What's the opportunity? To get something from them? No. To give them the experience of resurrection in their life. To bring them from the margins to the center. To make them a part of community. Isn't that what it's all about for us? Those who are post-Easter people... We're not going to walk through the resurrection again. Ours is to build the community. To build the community. But how do I do that? Tell your story. 
Quit pushing it under the rug. There is nothing to be ashamed of in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul wrote about his Damascus Road experience. Paul killed Christians. And God caught him on the road and said, excuse me, that's enough. Paul was changed. What's your story? What's your resurrection testimony so that you can build community? That you can be a viable piece of this community? His name's Zach. And he tells of being raised in a small town in Arkansas. Daddy played in the praise band. His mama sang in the praise band. So every Tuesday and Wednesday, he was up at the church playing with the kids and listening to the praise band. He was at church every time the doors opened. He's got a great testimony. When he was a freshman in high school, he drank his first beer. Sophomore, he smoked his first joint. By his senior year, he was into hard drugs. Basketball player, D1, scholarship potential. Blew that because he liked drugs more than he liked basketball. Quit school, one semester short of graduating. Got his GED, went to work for his father's construction company. Learned how to play the guitar somewhere in there and decided he wanted to be a southern rocker. And he formed a band called the Reformation. He was the lead guy, his name was Zach and the Reformation. I just laugh because did you hear the name of his band? God was already working way ahead of him. The name of your band's the Reformation. Zach and the Reformation. Signed with a record label, made it big a little bit, was touring over in Europe. Found himself at 33 years old, sitting on a bus, coming home from a show. The bus was quiet. He had his earbuds in took his earbuds out just to listen for a minute. And the bus driver was scanning the radio. And he stopped on a station. You don't know who was playing? Big Daddy Weave. And you know what the song was? Redeemed. You know what the words to the song were? Why do you keep fighting a fight that's already been won? One of the greatest songs Big Daddy Weave sings. You've been redeemed. Why do you keep fighting the same fight that's already been won? And there on that bus, God moved. God moved. Zach came home from the tour, went to his wife. They were about to split up because he was still doing drugs and alcohol and all those things. And, and their, their marriage was on the rocks. They were trying to decide if they were going to stay together or not. He came home and said, I'm done. I quit the band. He canceled the dates. I mean, he's on the road playing what everybody dreams about, every musician dreams about. He cancels concert dates. And he says, God, I'm done. I don't want anything but you. I don't want anything but you. Jesus met him right there on a bus. And the words of a Christian contemporary group said, why are you still fighting the fight, Zach? Why? It's already been won. God has it all laid out for you. And they went home to their little town in Arkansas and went back to the family church. And they were in church every time the doors opened. He didn't know what he was going to do with his life. He didn't have any clue. He had fought this addiction and he got over the addiction. And now he wanted to help other people. And guess what the church wanted to bird? A new campus. 
They wanted to birth a new campus, and they wanted to be aimed at people who'd been wounded by the church or people who had addictions. Who's the man to lead it but Zach? The old southern rocker who played with the Reformation. And they went to him and they said, hey, Zach, we want you to lead this. We want you to be our lead campus. We want you to be our lead minister on campus. Two years after he, he sat on that bus, God moved in his life and he put him in a church and he started a new campus and the campus thrived. And Zach made a trip to Nashville to record some music. And the first song he ever recorded is a song called Chainbreaker. He won a Grammy. And he continued to write. And now if you know who I'm talking about, his name is Zach Williams. One of the greatest contemporary artists that are out there today. And he sat down and he wrote a song. He was fixing to cut a new CD and it's called The Rescue Story. He wrote 50 songs. He was hoping for 50 songs that they could pick out of. And one of the songs he wrote was this. And this is what we need to hear today. The name of the song was There Was Jesus. In his darkest, quietest moment of his life, who was there? Jesus. The resurrected Jesus was in his life. Zach's won a couple of Grammys now. He's won five, six, seven, eight Dove Awards. I mean, he's, he's there. He's out touring now all over the country, singing the praise of Jesus. Because that one day on the bus... God met him where he was, and he experienced resurrection. And do you know what he's doing from that day forward? He's telling the resurrection story. He's telling his story. You can get online. You can see his personal testimony. The whole thing, it's on there. And he's singing a song every day that reminds him, that reminds me, that reminds you. There was Jesus. Nothing else matters in our lives, but there was Jesus. And you know what else is cool about that song? It is such, such a cool song. If you go on YouTube, you better type in Zach Williams. There was Jesus. Because it's been covered by so many people. Eight, nine, ten, twelve videos. You can find where other artists have grabbed onto that one testimonial song. And they've made it their testimonial song. And then somebody else heard it. And they made it their testimonial song. And then they made it their testimonial song. And then... Do you see what I'm saying? What happens when you talk about what Jesus does in your life? If we, the people of God who are secure in our community, would be brave enough to talk about our own resurrections, when we were lifted up from our addictions, when our marriage was healed, when we were helped from the death of a child, when whatever your story is, if we would tell our rescue story and we would allow the resurrected Jesus to work in our lives, we would change lives and the community would grow and the story would continue on. Isn't that our responsibility as Christians? To stand up and say, there was Jesus. There was Jesus in my darkest moments. There was Jesus. When I was a child, my parents were praying, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans the Lord has for you, Zach says. My parents were praying over me. For I know the plans the Lord has for you. Not to harm you or to hurt you, but to prosper you and to give you hope. And now look where he is. He's a voice, a huge voice for the kingdom of God, for the community of Christ, for the resurrected Jesus. And there's only one reason he is. Because there was Jesus. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you have a resurrection story. Are you willing to go out into the community and tell the world there was Jesus? Amen and amen.
Every time I try to make it on mine Every time I try to stand start to fall And all those lonely roads that I traveled on There was Jesus When the life I feel came crashing to the ground Friends I have Yeah. 